Warning. Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews contains adult content and language. Welcome once again, friends, to another fun-filled adventure of beards, brews, and vinyl reviews. I'm Brandon. And I'm Travis. And this week, we have a treat for you out there, listeners. Stone Cold Classic. It is, but before I get to that, I want to say a big up to our new listeners in uh, Indonesia and Pakistan this week. Yep. Uh, So they're on board with the beards, brews, and vinyl reviews. As well as we hope you are telling all of your friends here stateside and beyond to get on the bandwagon, folks. That's right. So we're in 14 countries now, right? 15, Is it I 15? Think. Yeah, Sweet. 15. I like it. So, you know, once again, we're in season two of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. This is actually show seven, and we are going to bring to you this week Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Yep. Compliments of Cousin Dave wanting to know which version I had. Mm-hmm. And after that turd show he, he threw out there for us last week of the Clash London Calling, hey, it was not one of our prouder moments in life, folks. But if you're a fan of the show, you know there we've had some non-pride moments during this show with some of the choice beers we've drank. So, That's true. Hey, but I will say, I was in charge of the beer this week. It is not an ice beer. That's all I'm going to give you. And, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. Fuck you, Marshall. You have not sent the mini fridge. Evidently, Marshall hates us. Yeah. So we're just going to get into my old, this is actually my lunchbox I take to work. This is the Ozark Trail. All right, I'm going to get in. Okay, so he's going in. <laughs> Woo-hoo, look at these beauties. I can probably say I've never had this. Big blue. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've had this. <laughs> Let them in on what we got. Uh, we've got 24-ounce Tall Boys of Schlitz. Malt liquor. Malt liquor. The bowl. 5.9% alcohol volume. I will say this. The can is looking badass. It is. I feel like we should be drinking this when we go to Durham Bulls games, right? Like, they should sell this there. They should, but I've never in my life had it, and I can only expect it's going to be fucking horrible. (laughs) It's going to... This is... It's been years, decades since I've had it. I'm going to predict that it tastes like the can, and it's sweet. Well, so far, any of our swag malt liquors... They've been real sweet, except for Mickey's. Yeah. I'm going to throw that out there. I So far out of the malt liquors we've done, Mickey's, I could drink that. Yeah. Well, we got 24 ounces of, actually 1.8 fluid ounces That's right. of the bullshit uh, malt liquor. 710 milliliters for our international listeners. Okay. Hey, <laughs> we, we are international folks, so we, we got to throw it all out there. Oh, uh, 5.9 alcohol by volume. We're going to do this? Something tells me this is going to taste like ass. But, right. hey, let's roll with it. There we go. On the crack. All right, we're going in, folks. Cheers. Cheers. 
it's it's not horrible. It tastes like the can, but it's actually not as sweet as I had thought. Honestly, I was expecting it to be way worse I was than too. it was. Yeah. I wouldn't want to hang out with this, but I don't feel like I'm drinking some sort of cur- no. curdled milk like we were with some of the other no. ice beers. And that's the thing. And even uh, last week's episode, well, not last week, but on the Prince episode, we had Colt 45. And yeah. Honestly, this isn't that sweet. It's not. I like this better than the Colt 45. Um, I'm going to say out of Vermont Liquors, I'm going to throw this behind the Mickeys. Yeah. And I'm going to rank this one number two out of our malt. It, it's really not bad, and I do feel that I could actually drink this for the show. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, all the other ones besides the Mickeys have been a few sips and we're done, but I, I, don't, I don't feel hateful with this one, to be honest with you. No, yeah, it's not too bad. So I'm not going to go buy this, but I don't mind taking a few sips of it uh, and drinking it right now. No, I mean, I off of that initial hit, I was expecting god awful uh, flashbacks of uh, let's see, Genesee Ice, uh, some Colt Forty Five, and uh, the Bush Ice. I think I have PTSD from some of those. Uh, honestly, out of the ice beers, the Genesee Ice had to have been the worst. And if you have missed that Metallica episode, folks, go back and uh, backtrack into that. Because honestly, for me, that was the best dollar something I spent on that. Just watching his facial expressions. Something was just off with that shit. Uh, Well, you know, that one happy guy that was at the factory and said, hey, fuck it. Let's bottle this shit. (laughs) You motherfuckers are on to something that tastes great. But I ain't going to lie, man. The, The bull ain't bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I wish we could get a hold of some regular Schlitz, because I've never had that. Yeah, I don't even know if they make that anymore. So who, own, who owns Schlitz now? The hell if I know. But honestly, this isn't bad. Oh, that's all right. Oh, Stroh's. Stroh's owns it? Yeah. Well, we still... Well, so I'm sure somebody owns Stroh's, but this is brewed in the Stroh's Brewery. Well, Stroh's... So I think it's Pabst. Is it? I think Pabst owns all of these. But if anybody's out there listening and they can get their hands on some Stroh's, we are still striving to review Stroh's on yeah. the show. So feel free to reach out to us, send us some, because mm-hmm. um, North Carolina's laws suck ass and we cannot get it. We can't. But honestly, dude, I'm going to give the bull. I mean, out of our malt liquors, I'm rank this one the second. I think Mickey's is a little a little better. Yeah. You know, owned by the same damn company. Yep. But I think Mickey's got a little bit of a leg on it. But honestly, it's not hateful. No, it's not bad. Um, Yeah, I think, nah, fuck it, I'm going to sip on this motherfucker the rest of this show. And If we were at a show and, like, you were like, I'm going to go get some beers, and then you came back with tall boys of this i'd be all right i know but you look fucking swag as hell with the <laughs> motherfucker in your hand i'm I just noticing that i mean honestly the can looks badass um nah man here's one thing that's different you know like we love to review the shitty beers right here's one thing that feels a little i'm gonna say hams and mickeys aside because we both like those just generally like them right this actually tastes a little bit better after a couple drinks usually like the taste just builds up in your mouth and no. you feel horrible. Th- this isn't bad. And that's the thing. I've took like four good drinks out of it. And I, I mean, yeah. you know, 
it gets that little I, I don't know how to describe the aftertaste. It's not like overpowering bitter or anything, but yeah, that's all right. I mean, you know, if somebody was to throw you one, fuck it, I'll drink it. I think it pairs well with our album this week. It does. Um, I am sorry about that. Um, my original plan about our album, because we are bringing new Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction. Yep. Um, I wanted to get some night train. That would have been great. And once again, North Carolina laws fucking suck ass. And we may have been able to find it, but you got to go to some seedy areas in Raleigh to find the shit. Have you, have you ever drank night train? No, I've never had it. I assume that it's going to taste like Thunderbird or Mad Dog. Like it's right. Yeah. Well, I, I do know one time. That there was a uh, interview with Slash mm-hmm. on the subject, and he said it wasn't that they liked the taste of it; it was the fact that they were broke as fuck, and uh, right. it got you fucked up. So that's what they drank was the Night Train wine. Right, fair enough. So eventually, hopefully, we can find some, and maybe down the road we we'll do another GNR episode, yeah. and maybe we'll have some Night Train for that, but. Let's get on with this one. Uh, it is a 2018 uh, repress. This is the limited edition 180 gram remastered from the OG analog tapes. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you just want to jump into the cover? Well, wait. Um, the actual original release was July 21st, 1987. Y- which... Here's one thing that this is just. I'm usually pretty good with dates. For I always thought this album came out in 88 until I was doing the research for this. Well, um, if you want, I can touch on that a minute. Yeah. The reason why, and I thought the same thing initially, but when this album was released, it was not critically acclaimed and it did not pick up traction. And if you think about it, a lot of the singles off of this album really didn't hit until um what late 88 into 89 so this album was around a while before it grew legs and was like rolling but i mean jesus christ it has sold fuck how many copies did this son of a bitch sell it's the top selling debut of all time right well i know it's like the in the in the top 11 albums of all time so, yeah. yeah, but at first the critics hated this damn thing and it couldn't get airplay and any of that. And it just like once it took off, this thing went like a fucking rocket. Yeah. Not to mention any songs on this album, but hey, we'll get into those later. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and let's start off with the uh, album uh, cover it, it and sold, artwork. It sold over 30 million. Over 30 million. And honestly, I'm... Not to be biased, folks, but as well it should. Yeah. I mean, but we'll get into that. Yeah, all right. So go ahead, and you want to start them off with a uh, album cover and artwork. I do. So as, as I grab me some of this more Schlitz, the bowl fine malt liquor. Schlitz. Dude, this, I'm I'm honestly saying, I, I'm going to give it a thumbs up, because yeah, I, I this shit's not bad, man. That's good. Um, so this was cool. This is the first time of the stuff we've reviewed we've come across this. And this uh, uh, reissue, this version is great for this. 
So I actually have two scores for album cover and artwork, right? Ooh, he's going two scores. Because this uh, version in the inner sleeve has the original artwork and cover, and the outer sleeve has the, the one that everybody's f- familiar with, with the cross and everything. Which was the edited version, yep. yes. So the original artwork, I give a five. I think it's great. Uh, and that's a pretty famous artist. He did a lot of uh, stuff. He did some um, artwork for different skate companies over the years. Uh, and then the the you know the edited cover with the cross and stuff is still really cool. I, I gave that a four, and for that one, um, I do like the back cover. Like you and I both like the the sort oh, of yeah. candid pictures of bands hanging out. It it's just a typical '80s band. Everybody's fucked up. Yeah, fucking photo, man. And it has a you know good shot of our dude, both of our favorite uh, members. Well, we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit. We won't say nothing about that right now. All right. But um, you know, and 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 I'm gonna just go out there. I gave this one a five. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it has the edited, it they called it the foil slip cover on this version. Yeah. And then you pull it out. You got the OG cover of the artwork that's based off of Robert Williams' painting, Appetite for Destruction. Which feel free to Google into that, folks. Uh, I'm not gonna hit on it much. Um. It was a, but did you know that it was originally supposed to have been something else for the album cover? What was it? Ooh, I'm dropping knowledge on this one mm-hmm. this week, folks. The original cover for this album was supposed to have the space shuttle Challenger exploding as the cover. And uh, of course, out of good taste, yeah. Geffen Records refused that one. Yeah. And then they went to the Robert Williams, uh, Appetite for Destruction cover and Geffen. Re- <laughs> Actually, there were some versions that got out yeah. and then they caught flack. So then they went to the foil or they went to the cross, mm-hmm. which that's probably the version that everyone has seen is the one with the cross yeah. on it. But I did love this because it had the one that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And then when you pull it out and you got the OG one. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it that to me that was awesome. Yeah, it's cool packaging. Not to mention that it's great because it's on the 180 gram, and it is remastered from the original analog tapes. That's a good one. So yeah, I gave it a five. Um, yeah, I can totally, I can totally get with that. Uh, I actually went back and forth on the the edited cover between a four and a five, but. I like the original one a little bit better. So oh, that's the original why I did five was cool. But yeah. even I remember when I bought this originally on cassette, mm-hmm. if you took the cassette out and yeah. you unfolded it, it had the picture of yep. the original artwork. And it was like, man, that's badass. But yeah. because it's iconic, because this is the version that we pretty much seen. Yeah. And being that it's the remaster reissue, they did do it in a cool foil. Yeah. And it really does pop at you yeah yeah it's, you know it's, so, it's a nice looking but like i said I, I i just had to give it a five that's a good one what uh what do you have for strong track you really asking me yeah man i'm telling you what that bull ain't bad <laughs> go out and get you some folks um for strong tracks i have rated it at a five surprise mm. surprise um i gotta say the whole fucking album I mean, it is the 11th best-selling album of all time. Yep. And this one here, man, it was hard to pick a favorite. It was hard to pick a throwaway. 
Um, I thought it was it was harder to pick a favorite than a throwaway. I got the feeling just by what you just said, we're going to agree probably on the throwaway, and we do not rehearse this, mm-hmm. folks. Um, but I think there's a chance we agree on both today. But the favorite, I think, is going to be. I don't know. I'm going to go on a limb and say the favorite. We may vary because it was hard for me. I'm sitting there listening to this thing, and I'm like, I love, I love all the songs, yeah. but it's like, God, I got to throw one away. I got to pick one. So I don't know. You just want to dive into them, or do you want to go ahead and give your strong tracks? No, I mean I gave strong tracks a five. Uh, there's not a bad song on this. Is one that sometimes we run across these records. There's not a bad song on it. There's just some songs that are better than the others, right? Yeah. Um. So I didn't break out any strong tracks. I mean, for an album that's this gigantic, I think it's kind of pointless to break out the strong tracks because the whole album is pretty strong. Oh, I agree. I mean, mean, honestly, not to interrupt you, but this is an album that you can throw on from start to finish, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be happy from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. As far as um, everything that we've reviewed so far, I mean, you got Welcome to the Jungle is your great opener. Yep. And then you got Rocket Queen, which is a great closer. And we love the bookend albums, folks. We totally do. So, I mean, I'm just saying, man. You know, uh, the the Prince episode, we talked about how great that album had the bookends, right? Yes. But I think this might rival that. Honestly, and and trust me, I love the Purple Rain album. Yeah. But... Uh, I think this one might edge that one out just a little bit, and I'm going to go into my reasons why later. Right. But and, and I want you to circle back to that because I think you'll agree with me once I tell you what my reasons are. I think this for me, it's one of those things where it depends what day you ask me. Like one day I'll be like, "Nah, Purple Rain's better bookends," and then one day I'm like, "Nah, but okay, well fuck it, I'm just going to bring it up now." Yeah. Okay. So my reasoning is. Yeah. I mean, Purple Rain, it's great. The flow of the whole album is great. And this one, I really love the rawness and the grittiness of the music on this one. And that's why I think this one trumps Purple Rain just a little bit. Because these guys were so hungry just to make it. And I mean, I think that shines through to the music in every song on this album. Um yeah, I agree with all that. And I think to kind of take off on that a little bit, part of the the reason that Guns N' Roses resonated with so many people, right? They walk that line. They're a little bit glam. They're a little bit rock. They're a little bit punk. Like they had all that stuff, right? And it, there's not a lot of bands that, that have all that. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, no, I've, I feel Duff you. Duff played in punk bands in Seattle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, they they hit... They kind of check all the but this era, like uh, I, I, you know, after <laughs> down the road, I'm not a he's fan. Get, he's getting flustered, folks. I think he's wanting to say, "Well, they kind of were a hair band," but I think he's feeling this well, one. Well, you know, the Welcome to the Jungle video, like yeah, they Alec, they looked hair band, but yeah. they did not 
definitely they honestly their sound like, like is on the back cover so we're talking about it. this photo like they don't look like a hair band no. or glam band whatsoever no. but you but the see, videos yeah. in the videos i get what you're saying there but do you know what i mean like they sort of yeah. they they cross over a little bit yeah, like in not the same way you know how motorhead crosses over between like metal and punk and rock yeah it, you know guns and roses crosses over that but anyway to come back around the bookend song rocket queen is my favorite track and i gave it a five that's my favorite track, and I gave it a five. <laughs> but um, to back up a little bit to what you just said. Yeah. Okay, so Duff brought the punk influence. Yep. And then um, Izzy, which is my number one dude out of Guns N' Roses. I mean, How about yours? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, he was the fucking glue that held this fucking band together. And I'm going to jump in one thing. If you guys have never heard his solo stuff back in the day, Izzy Stralin and the Juju Hounds, go get that record. The Juju Hounds were great. Um, I think the latest ep- or latest one that he ever put out that I listened to was called White Heat, I mm-hmm. think, in 2010. Great fucking album. Yeah. I mean, go pick it up. Izzy was the motherfucking glue that held this motherfucker together. If you ever wonder why after this and then some of the songs were already written for Use Your Illusion by the time it was recorded, why the quality of Guns N' Roses went downhill. It's because Izzy Izzy was no longer involved. Cousin Dave, I know you're going to give me shit on that. We've argued about it before. Izzy is the motherfucking glue. He is the gorilla glue that held this motherfucker together. I'm just throwing it out there. That's right. But, um... Nah, man, this, uh, honestly, to me, you got Duff bringing in, he brought the punk aspect of it, Yep. and you you pick up on some of that on this album, and I'm even going to throw it out there, on the Lies album, um, you know, I know the big radio hit was Patience, blah, 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 but if you get into the tracks that weren't radio hits, but they threw them on there because they were the hits that they were playing at the clubs, mm-hmm. like uh, Nice Boys and shit, you you get like the punk vibe from it. But you also get that Izzy Stradlin, I love the Rolling Stones Absolutely. and Aerosmith sound, just like in this album. Yeah. I mean, it's like Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones on fucking steroids for this album. True. I mean, and I know you're not a big Aerosmith fan. No. And but I'm just telling you, that is where this album is at. But um, I'm a, I fucking hate Aerosmith Okay, with he, a passion. He says it, but guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, hold on, let me, let me say, hey, hey folks out there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sneak in an Aerosmith episode sometime and hopefully it's this season. <laughs> He just doesn't know it yet because I got to pay him back for the police. <laughs> so, hey, we just dropped the bomb on you. We are going to do an Aerosmith episode this year. Um, I believe it's going to be Toys in the Attic. <clears throat> it's up to but, you. One Aerosmith uh, album is as bad as the other, so it no, doesn't matter to me. Not. Come on. Okay, so my favorite track, I gave it a five. It's yeah. Rocket Queen. Nice. I mean, the guitars and the drums are sick as hell on that song. I love how dark and gritty it is. Yeah. And then towards the end, it changes pace. I mean, and it gets kind of... um, I, God, I don't even know the best way to describe it. It gets kind of bouncy, like late 60s, yeah. early 70s-ish sound. Um. And then, you know, Axel's voice, it just sounds fucking tight as hell on that. 
And I know people fucking hate Axel because, oh, he wouldn't show up to a show for fucking three hours late, you know? Hey, I totally agree with Sebastian Bach on that when he says, the dude's a perfectionist. He wants to bring you the best fucking show possible. Now, I will say, they were douchebags in a couple instances (laughs) when they were touring um, and... It wasn't so much this album. I think it was the Illusions albums. Yeah. Um, they they could have stepped up and been a little bit better. But once again, they are Guns and Fucking Roses, so they pretty much have done whatever they want all their life. So. Yeah, true. Um, what do you have for a uh, track to avoid? Ugh, this one was rough. Honestly, me personally, yeah. I wanted to say side four of this release. Ha-ha. <laughs> Because there's nothing on side four. Mm-hmm. But since I have to pick something, I gave the song a four. Because it, it's a strong song, mm-hmm. and I feel it was the song that made them. It's Sweet Child of Mine. It's Wait, a, did, did you just pull a Travis because you've heard that song too much? It is a great song, and yes, I've heard it a gazillion times. And I know I'm going to catch some fucking hate mail. Send it to me on the Facebook page. I'll fight it to the death. Um, I just feel that there were other songs on this album that have a greater fire and edge to them. And I mean, I even hated to drop that song. But I mean, you got stuff like um, Anything Goes and Rocket Queen, shit like that. They've got so much edge to them. That honestly, sweet child of mine was that fucking soft ass song off it, of this album. It was, however, that's one of the most iconic riffs ever. I know it is, and the way that riff came about was uh, that was like one of Slash's, uh, just like his warm up practice. He would dick riff. around with that, yeah. Right? yeah. And um, they heard it when they were doing the album, and the dude's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like. I'm just warming up. And they're like, no, nah, we need to make a song out of that. Yeah. You know, and I get that. And and I appreciate that song. But, you know, we are beers, brews, and vinyl reviews. And we have to throw something away. Um, I'm just saying, even I, I, I could have went between this or Paradise City because I've heard them a gazillion times. Right. But Paradise City is way grittier than Sweet Child of Mine. They're both good. And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Oh, shit. We're getting into it. The Schlitz is kicking in, folks. The track to avoid on this one is clearly out to get me. Are you fucking... Are you fucking crazy? I'm innocent, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. I gave it a three. It's still a good song. But it's just... It's one of these albums. Let me pull out... not as good. Let me pull out my thick-ass notebook here. Really? You're going for out to get me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, dude, I can tell you this much. Yeah. When when we were in seventh grade, it, um, let me think of what the fuck those things were called. Remember those uh, little answer machines that people were getting and putting in their lockers and you had the little whistle yeah. and you could leave them a message? I forget what they're called, but I remember a dude, he, he had one of those and we'd go up to his locker fucking with those little whistles and be like, I see you sitting there. You think you're so cool. Why don't you just fuck off? I mean, how can you throw that fucking song away? I think it's a bit cheesy and it's not as good as the rest of the stuff. Well, actually, that song was It's So Easy. Yeah. But, um, um, I mean, out to get me, I love the guitar in that. 
Yeah, that's attractive. Come on, man. That fucker's a rocker. Well, let me tell you why that is and attractive. And I honestly, word. I honestly had your ass pegged for Sweet Child of Mine because you heard it a gazillion times. That riff is too good. Uh, no, it is, but I gave it a four for fuck's sakes. I'll tell you what deep cuts you should be listening to, though. All right, and it, I gave it a five, and it was tough. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get into this one because I know what I got wrote down. You know, an album sells thirty million copies. There are no deep cuts, but. This is what I'm going to throw out there. My favorite song on the record, Rocket Queen, Night Train, Mr. Brownstone. Yeah, I agree with all three of those. Yeah. Um, I think at the first here on Beers, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews, and I'm just not going to lie, folks. I'm still drinking my Schlitz. <laughs> uh, Travis hasn't picked his up in a little bit. Maybe he needs to get some more of that Schlitz in him. That's possible. <clears throat> I'm telling you, dude, it's not that bad. I no, mean, I right. like it. So... What do you have for deep cuts? I gave my deep cuts a five, mm-hmm. and there are so many on this album that it was hard to pick. But, I mean, these were three of my standouts. I went, you're crazy. That is a great song. I actually had that on there, and then I bumped it back to three. I, I got, you're crazy. Anything goes. And out to get me <laughs> was my fucking third. Well, that's where you fucked up. No. I Trust me, I hated to throw Sweet Child of Mine away right. because that was the song that broke this album and uh when they uh shit when they got airplay on mtv they only played that song like one time a night yep. and i think when they first played it you know like one time a night and then it just started picking up traction and that's the song that made them yeah yeah for sure like and, do you remember when that started getting regular airplay yeah it wasn't too long then after that that Metallica one came out yeah, and it was like, yeah. that was a really cool time to be, it was we were a, teenagers. And it, it was, was a like, breaking oh, point for MTV yeah. to bring a different, you know, heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it did kind of suck because when you watch the video, you, you see them as they're a glam band as they truthfully, when you listen to it, this is not a fucking hair band. Right. I will put Skid Row in that category. I will put fucking Cinderella in that category, which that could be a future episode. It's possible. Jeez, um, uh, you know, and I mean, Dangerous Toys were kind of lumped into that because of the look. But if you listen to the music, it is definitely not. I mean, uh, don't get me started on it, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get me fired up. I got the bull in me. Don't fuck with I me know. now. I hear you. Um, so I think we're we're both going to land the same on this one. Production and overall sound uh, is a five. Like this is this is well, a this copy that we're listening to this reissue is fantastic. But uh, I've never heard the original vinyl. I had this on cassette and CD, and then this uh, reissue. Um, that's just great sounding. Yeah, um, the I had the original on cassette, and then I had the CD, and this actually was the first album that I had that mm-hmm. was on vinyl from them, and it blew my mind. I yeah, mean, it sounds great to me. Um, they said it was from the actual analog tapes, and I believe that because this thing is clean as fuck. It is clean, and you know the other thing, like we talk about this sometimes when we listen to uh, an OG copy in a reissue back-to-back, uh, typically on your system. 
we talk about how the uh, OG copies sound bigger and they fill up the room yeah. more. And this is this it is what this big. felt like, right? Yeah, yeah, it sounds big. Um, um, I didn't get a hint of fucking compression or no. anything off of it. No, and I mean just the the quality of the pressing. Like there were no pops and buzzes or anything. No, I mean this. I mean, and and I'm. And I mean, I love ACDC, and I just yeah. gave you. Yep. Uh, two reissues that I got from ACDC because they were popping pretty bad. And, I mean, that's the way they came, you know, reissued. Yeah, I mean, some of these and pressing plants, we, we were just talking about this the other day, you you need to clean the records before you listen to them, you know, brand new records yeah, just from the pressing plant. But I'm telling you, and I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to tell you where I found this one. Mm -hmm. I found it at fucking Walmart. No, I mean, it's a good one. It's not a cheap reissue. To no, be, to, no. So everybody understands that. Like, you're you're paying for the packaging yeah. and everything that you get. It was what? But it's high quality. It was like 31 uh, bucks, yeah, 32 like it's, bucks. It's over 30 bucks, yeah. But um, honestly, I, I love the fact that it actually has the parental advisory mm -hmm. sticker on the front of it, yeah, which cool. Walmart was famous for deleting from everything mm -hmm. and editing. So, yes, Walmart, fuck you. Yeah. You got one over, but not on us because <laughs> I found this motherfucker. I scooped it up. It feels good when you hold it in your hands. I mean, it's it's weighty. The packaging, I think, is great on it. The foil cover's fucking cool as fuck. And then you yeah. pull it open, and you got the OG Robert Williams cover. I mean, this one is a fucking win-win. It absolutely is. The, the one thing forever. that I think that would have been awesome... Because it's such a nice package, right? Is if they had done colored vinyl on it. Like, I think that would just put it okay. over the edge. So you hit on one of the two things that I would like to hit on this. Yeah. Colored vinyl on it would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Number two would have been even more awesome if they would have had a outer sleeve cover that actually fit this motherfucker like they just put out for the Rush 2112 album that they do carry. Yeah, that's true. Because, like... Uh, like any of you folks listening that are vinyl collectors are like Brandon and, and me, we like to put them in the, uh, the plastic sleeves, right? And when you get a nice uh, package like this, it's not going to fit in a standard sleeve. Yeah, you'll, I ripped like three of yeah. them trying to get this bitch in there, and I was like, fuck you, it. Yeah, you might shoehorn it into one, and then you're never going to want to take it out because it's fucking pain. But, but I did leave it in the original cellophane. Yeah. It's got the little hype sticker on it. So, you know, hopefully there's a manufacturer out there that'll make a sleeve that'll fit the thicker album. You can get them, but the problem is that you don't have a ton of records I know, like that, right? So thing. it's like, who wants to spend the money to get a package of like 50 of those sleeves They or need to make it to where you can buy a pack of like five yeah. or ten of them. Yeah, totally. You know, but I mean, other than that, you know, hey, who fucking listens to us anyway? <laughs> oh, wait, I do got something on that, you yeah. know? After one of our shows, after I bitched about, like, the White Street Colch not being able to be found in 12-ounce uh, cans, yeah. I was at the local grocery retailer, let's see, it's been about a week ago, Yeah, and I know I sent you a picture of it. You what did. the fuck did I find? You, you found your um, White Street in... Uh in, in cans in 12 ounce cans yeah. folks so even though maybe you out there in indonesia pakistan um let's see uh, wherever you are yeah. in the world 
might not listen to our authority, <laughs> but the fine folks at the White Street Brewery in Youngsville, North Carolina, yep. which is what maybe a half hour up the road from us. Yep, not far at all. And I walked into the local uh, retailer, and I was like, "Holy shit! There they are in twelve ounce cans of glory!" And of course, I bought a six pack. Yeah, you're pretty stoked. He texted me a picture. I was. And it, they taste fantastic. It is good beer. There's a doubt about that. Um, so I feel like we don't even need to really go over this one. But overall listening experience, I can say now that we both gave it a five without even asking you. No, I gave it a five. It's, but, it's great. But I want to back up to my uh, production yeah. thing real quick. Yeah. You know, I've always loved the uh, raw, full of piss, gritty sound of this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, the band sounded tight. Um and, you know, that was a hard feat for a bunch of guys fucked up on heroin and booze. Yeah. But they pulled no it off on this one. And the sure. overall listening experience, yes, it's a five. Yeah. I mean, come on. It is. How can you fucking hate this album? No, I mean, it, it, it sounds great. I have no production about the the way it was recorded or, like, all the mediums that I've listened to it on all sound good. Like, yeah. this, this is the best. And, and I do agree with you on that, that out of... All the mediums. I mean, I've never heard it on eight track. I've never heard it on <laughs> fucking what real or real. Right. But um, off of the cassette, the CD, the this vinyl reissue. Yeah. I I wish I had heard it on a OG vinyl. Right. But it's fucking solid. Yeah, and it's, it's a good one. It's consistent. It's without a doubt one of the. Uh, better reissues i've ever heard yeah i mean honestly dude it sounds fucking fantastic on vinyl because sometimes uh you can you know and we've talked about this here and there um some vinyl reissues right they remaster but you can tell maybe they didn't spend a ton of time on it you know yeah, what i mean because sometimes they over compress it yeah. or in between songs is a lot of where you notice it and they got that just god awful fucking noise, they like did. that white noise yep. to them. But this, you can tell, like there is some time spent remastering. No, this. no, it sounds fucking awesome. It does. Have you ever seen them live? Um, kinda. I'm going to give them a five. All right. Okay, so I seen Velvet Revolver right. with Slash, Duff, and Matt Sorum. Matt Sorum. Yeah. Yes, and. They were fucking fantastic. Yeah, uh, of they course, were. they played Develop Revolver stuff, but I mean, they played uh, some Pink Floyd. Wish you were here. Um, they played. I do believe they played a couple cult songs. Yeah, and of course, they threw in some GNR fucking classics in there. And God, it was fucking awesome because yeah. honestly, I thought with Matt Sorum there, they were just going to play like the use your illusion guns. Mm-hmm. No, they went throwback. They, right. they, they played some fucking old school shit. I think we've, we've brought it up in, in previous episodes, but you and I are both pretty big Matt Sorum fans. I love Matt Sorum. He seems like a cool dude. You could just fucking kick back a 24 ounce, yeah. uh, fluid ounce can of Schlitz with and fucking just kick it, yeah. which I'm going to take me another drink. So go ahead. No doubt. And we are both, uh, cult fans. Um, he's a good drummer. So, all right, I'll start the recap here. Uh, album cover and artwork, uh, for the first time I have two scores, uh, the reissue cover, the edited cover for the original five. Dude, just go ahead and throw a five for this because it's a five. I mean, you cannot go wrong with this motherfucker. 
Well, they went wrong because the record label didn't <clears throat> put out the original cover. I know, but Geffen, yeah, come on, David. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, and, and you on. know what's you know what's funny though. Like looking at that cover, like there's really nothing that very offensive about it. Like the original cover, like today, no, like, I know in today's standards that a OG cover yeah. is like fucking nothing. Yeah, but back in 1987, ooh, we got Tipper Gore and the PMRC. Fuck yeah. you. Yep. You um, know, uh, strong tracks. We both gave it a five. Yeah, it's a five. Uh, favorite track we Rocky both, Queen We both gave it a five that Fuck yeah I so gave it a five uh, uh, About the only place we uh, Actually the only place we uh, disagreed on the whole thing Was a track to avoid I gave it a three out to get me And I gave mine a four Which is Sweet Child of Mine Which I'm sure my wife Your sister is going to have my ass on Yeah she's going to agree with me but on this one I'm just saying I love the grittier Raw, full of piss songs off of this album. I, I mean, I I typically do too, as we'll see in the next section when we recap Deep Cuts. But Out to Get Me just is weaker than the rest of them. So for the Deep Cuts, I know we both gave them a five. I I you know I, I picked the three best songs as as you might uh, expect: Rocket Queen, Night Train, and Mr. Brownstone. Wow, listen to this guy. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm just gonna go down the singles list. But you know what's funny about that is uh. I didn't even realize that, like, uh, It's So Easy and Mr. Brownstone was even released as a single. I didn't either. And I didn't realize Night Train wasn't either. Because, I mean, you got Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, and Paradise City. Those were MTV and radio staples. Yep. Um, Don't mind my voice, folks. It's the fucking pollen here in North Carolina. No, that's a goddamn lie. It's the Schlitz. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the fucking pollen. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, oh, something else I do want to throw in there before we uh get rid of this show, yeah, is uh, I remember reading the unofficial biography of Guns N' Roses on it was a long time ago when I read it, but I remember when Guns N' Roses went on a tour with the newly clean and sober Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. The fucking record company shit bricks when they toured with Aerosmith because, number one, our number one dude, Izzy motherfucking Stradlin, the glue that fucking held this band together, fucking was a fucking drug dealer to fucking make ends meet. (laughs) And they were so afraid that they were going to hook Aerosmith, who just got clean and just were making their comeback, fucking... Just, you know, they were just freaking the fuck out that Izzy was going to fucking be like handing them fucking shit over hand over fist on that. That's crazy. Um, hey, Izzy, if you're out there, I know you hang out a lot in what, London? Um, you know, hit us up on the show, bro. Because, I mean, I'm honestly, you, you, dude, you're the fucking glue that held the band together. Yeah, you and I have talked about it for years. Like, he's, he's the best part of the band. And I'm just going to throw it out there, too. Honestly, my two favorite Guns N' Roses albums is the Appetite for Destruction and Lies, which Lies, I I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is the one with Patience. Patience is a great song on it, but if you listen to the other cuts that's on that fucking thing, I mean, they do got a live version of Mama Can on it, which is a great fucking Aerosmith song. Once again, I'm throwing Aerosmith Mm -hmm. at you. Um, nice boys, which that was a what was that Hollywood Guns? Yeah. That was Axl Rose's original band. 
Um, the only thing I don't know for sure about this album was what songs Tracy Guns, who was famous from um, L.A. Guns, yeah. which I love you, Tracy. Hit us up on the show. We'd love to do an L.A. Guns episode. Um, I just don't know what songs he really contributed to if they bled over into this album. Yeah, I've never heard that either. Because he left... Um, Let's see, he left, and then, because he was doing the L.A. Guns thing, and then uh, that's when uh, Guns N' Roses hired Slash to come in and kind of fulfill that spot, which, you know, Slash is a great player, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I dude, I'm, I'm a big L.A. Guns fan, too. Uh, yeah, they're pretty good. I don't like them as well as you do, but they've they've got some really good songs. I know, but Tracy is fucking badass. Yeah, I mean, you take him and Phil... You don't need the rest of the fucking band. Um, you know, um, let's see. What what was the douchebag fucking drummer that fucking keeps fucking creeping up? I can't even remember his name. Uh, he used to be in Wasp. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tracy, you know who we're talking about. I'm um, not even going to say his name. And yes, I know it, but I'm not even going to say his name. Um, production <laughs> and uh, overall listening experience. Uh, it was a five. Yeah, that's pretty easy. And then... You saw Velvet Revolver, but I I never saw any any of the guys. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing I ever seen them in was the Velvet Revolver. Yeah, um, I, that would have been a good show. I wish I'd have went. You know. Yeah, and but me and you have talked about this before, and we said even though Guns N' Roses is somewhat reunited, we will not. And this. You listen to this here first, folks. This is a Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews exclusive. We will not spend a penny to go see the so-called rehashed Guns N' Roses until Izzy motherfucking Stradlin is in the fucking lineup. So William William F. Axel Rose, you could suck my fucking dick. (laughs) And until you cut Izzy in on his fair share of the fucking band that he helped fucking create. Yep. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going off of the fucking book that I read. Yeah. Um it was Izzy and Axel that started this motherfucking venture. Right. Okay. Okay, Axel, because you wanted to fucking fuck Izzy out of shit. That's why Izzy doesn't tour with you on the regular. So, when y'all get your shit settled and you get Izzy back in the fucking band. You know, I don't give a fuck what drummer you bring in. Steven Adler was great. Yep. Matt, I get Matt's it. Matt's great. Either one. Matt's great. Yep. The new guy they got doing it that had carried on after them. I mean, he's great. Yep. I don't care about the fucking drummer. But if you don't have Izzy Stradlin, the band ain't shit. Right. I'm sorry, Slash. And I'm, nothing against sorry, Gilby Duff. Clark. He's he's cool. No, Gilby is cool as it's fuck. It's nothing against that him, but, but Izzy... I, I do find it. Oh, and wi- God damn, which fucking video was it for the uh, y- one of the Use Your Illusions albums after uh, Izzy left? Gilby had the fucking sign that said, Where's Izzy? Yeah. Okay, I get it at the time. You're probably riding high, and that's a fucking diss on Izzy. But, dude, I love you, Gilby. Um, I-, I think you're great, but you're not fucking Izzy Stradlin. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. 
True. Um, if y'all want, hit us up on Beards, Brews, Vinyl Reviews, you know, on Facebook. Hit us up at yahoo.com. I'll fucking fight your ass on that shit. I mean, yeah. come on, Gilby. What, what, what was that bullshit show he was on? Oh, God, I can't remember. Yeah, see, that's the thing, Gilby. Yeah. Nobody remembers that bullshit show you was on. But I do love you, brother. Yeah. So don't take it the wrong way. But, dude, Izzy is the motherfucking glue that held Guns N' Roses together. That's why after they pulled off the Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your Illusion 2, the band pretty much fucking exploded. They did. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, and Axel, you know, I got to I gotta throw it out there on you, brother. You know, you want to harp on fucking slashing him for fucking hanging out with Mr. fucking Brownstone? Uh, yeah, I'm sure you did your fair share of bullshit, too, mm-hmm. which probably added to the fucking uh, fire that uh, is why they continued on with hanging with Mr. Brownstone. That's right. So, oh, um, I right. think dude, we should call it. We'll call it. But I will say this. Everyone that had a hand in making this album, I mean, you know, Steven, Duff, Slash, Axel, and I'm going to put Izzy motherfucking Stradlin because I do think he right. was the brains behind this. They got the sound that they wanted. Yep. Um, this album, to me, was fucking flawless, and I know I'm going to catch shit because I threw away Sweet Child of Mine. But I just like the raw grittiness of this album. It's a good one. And if you think about the time when this hit, I know I love the hair bands, but this was kind of one of those albums, kind of like when Nirvana hit. Mm -hmm. It was like, what the fuck is this, man? Because you're seeing the images of a hair band, but you wasn't getting the sounds of a hair band. Yeah, that's a good one. So if you do not know anything about this, folks, run out, get it, get you some schlitz. You know, yep. hey, and I'll I'll throw it out there, Axel. Um, I'm sorry, bro, but I ain't got no night train. But I got a 24 <laughs> ounce of fucking uh, the Schlitz malt liquor, the bowl, and baby, it's about gone. So, right. I mean, hey, you know. But anyway, this is a great fucking album. I, um, I do think it's their best album. Yeah, no doubt. I'm gonna throw Lies in as their number two best album. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some hit and misses off of the Illusions. But after that, pretty much shit. Yeah. And honestly, we're not going to talk about the spaghetti incident because that album should have never fucking happened. Yep. And I think everybody in the band knows it. So, what the fuck? Is this the longest episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews we've ever done? It might be. It's a long one. It's close. Well, without further ado, I'm Brandon. And I'm Travis. And we are Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. But you know what we forgot to do? What? We forgot to say a big what up to the smoking motherfucking computer. Holy shit. <laughs> is that motherfucker got DMX fucking running? He is. R.I.P. DMX. Dude. Big up to DMX. Rest in peace, brother. Yep. You know, everybody knows the what? <laughs> you think it's a game? <laughs> and the stop, drop, roll them up, drop. I mean, come on. Yep. Give it up to DMX. Um, uh, recently passed, yeah. um, you know, Hey, one of these days <laughs> you guys will figure out that we record a little ahead of time, yeah. but I think we're going to go on hiatus a little bit for the summer, but oh, yeah, we'll talk that, about that later. That must be the pollen <laughs> fucking hit me. 
here deep in Raleigh, North Carolina. And hey, we appreciate you guys listening to the best fucking podcast broadcast out of Raleigh, North Carolina. It's Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. If anybody's got anything to say about that, fuck you. <laughs> I know, I caught you off guard yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, you did. Good he, he was ready for the ending, but no, no. I'm right. just saying, fuck you. If you don't think we're the best show out of Raleigh, North Carolina, fuck you. Right. I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. And we are Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. And if you don't like fucking Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, fuck, fuck you. you.